what learning about betrayal trauma has helped me to do in my recovery as a former or recovering addict. We are so glad that you're here because you're choosing to thrive after betrayal, trauma, or addiction. Hi, I'm Ashlyn, the once betrayed. I'm Kobe, the once addicted. And I'm Brandon, the expert. Now, why am I an expert? Because I've treated betrayal, trauma, and addiction for over a decade. Okay, that's what we're talking about today. <laughs> Kobe could barely get that out. You got it out. That was a yes. mouthful? Yes. <laughs> I was like, oh no. Basically, basically we're talking about how... But how learning about betrayal trauma has benefited you yeah. as the addict. All right. Um, review. Appreciation. I have been dealing or actually not dealing with my husband's porn addiction for the last 20 years. About a month ago, I was triggered dealing with my teenage son who was lying to me. It was totally unrelated to porn. But dealing with lying, which is all my husband has ever done, jolted me out of denial and forced me to finally face my own reality. I felt crazy and couldn't even pinpoint all of my own emotions. But listening to your podcast has brought so much clarity, and I am now in therapy and seeking my own recovery. Love you guys. That's cool. Great. That's way cool. And I, I just think that that's appropriate for what we're going to discuss today, because um, I, I will say this. I, 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 can, I can cite countless times that Ashlyn has said one of the biggest... Um, one of the biggest benefits that she received from early recovery was learning the science, learning about what addiction actually was. Yeah. And yeah. because it, because she's like, oh, rather than seeing just you, Kobe, as this douche who was just hurting me, I realized, right. oh, wait, there's Kobe, and then there is the addict. And they weren't like all in one. I think that's a good place to start, Kobe, and what you bring up is, you know, common common ways in which... Uh, you know, somebody overcoming an addiction views their partner. Yeah. You know, instead of learning from their partner's pain or really understanding mm-hmm. the betrayal trauma, what's going on underneath, um, they have a reaction oftentimes, not everybody, but oftentimes. And that reaction, there, there's a couple different ways in which they react. One is um, they show up very weak and childish. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they turn their, their partner in betrayal trauma into their God, so to speak, um, into their mother, into somebody who has the power, um, to grant forgiveness, to grant self-worth to them, to grant forgiveness. They have the power to say, yes, you're okay. or You're not okay. Yeah. And so it, it creates this dynamic. What happens is the shame gets, gets, uh, kind of transferred. And what I mean by that is an addict is in a lot of shame. They're, they're in shame about all the secrets they have and right. that's been going on and everything comes out and then the litmus test for whether or not they are a douche in your words yeah yeah or um, is their spouse and their spouse says no you're okay or or oh my gosh you're not okay and um, that what that does is it prevents the the person struggling with addiction from actually connecting on an emotional level to their partner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because all of a sudden the partner becomes like this gatekeeper to so many things, right? Yes. To um, to whether or not they're okay, to whether or not we as a couple are okay, to whether or not they're loved, to whether or not they're wanted, to whether or not yes. um, they can be forgiven or they are forgiven. 
it's like all these different gates that they have to. I had just totally resonating with that because that's exactly how I was. And, and 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 if that's how you get, and and one, you're you're lacking boundaries. the The, the person struggling with addiction is usually just as or mo- more codependent than the partner is. Totally. Um, totally. And so you're lacking boundaries. You're lacking living in your truth. You're, you're lacking purpose and in stepping into who you actually are as a human being, as a, as a son or daughter of God, right? So, so let me so, just restate what you just said because I think that like that speaks to me because of all the years that I lived. <laughs> Contrary to that, right? Right. Um, and and what, what I, how I would restate that because what you just said was so poignant. I lived all those years. I lived without any internal self um, definitions of who I was. Yes. Like I didn't have any anything definitive about who I am, about um, my worth. I didn't have any any definitions internally um, around the good that I can do. Um, the goodness that was in me, the lovability that was in me. I, I had no concept of those things. And so therefore, when things went sideways, I I didn't, I just was tossed this I, way and that way. That's a great way to put it, Kobe. It's, it's like, okay, I don't know who I am as a man yeah. because I'm acting out all the time. I'm yeah. stuck in my addiction, I'm, but I'm hiding in secrecy, right? And then all of a sudden, you get busted, or you go confess, it all it all comes out. Yes. And now the partner is supposed to tell you yeah. your okayness, if you're okay or not. Yeah. And um it, meaning like I still love you, but I hate you. Or this really hurt me, but it's still gonna be okay. We'll work through this because it's is is great as ludicrous, as ludicrous as it sounds, the addict is equal parts and and sometimes even more racked with shame, torment and pain and hurt. And this is not about making that moment about the addict, but it's it's just giving the context of like um I've just betrayed the one that I love the most from the addict's point yes. of view and I've I'm a, just I'm a destroyed her world, yes. his world. And I'm a failure of an individual but are you are you saying that there's a chance? Like, are you saying that? Please give me some semblance that well, like well, we're gonna be okay, Co- Kobe. The the thing that all addicts and all human beings, for that matter, is looking for is love. Yeah, we want unconditional love. Yeah, we all make mistakes. We're all imperfect, um, and we want we want to know that somebody just loves us even yeah. in our mistakes. And and you know, if you've been steeped in the addiction for so long, you start really believing that that that's not possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then sure. when the partner responds in pain, in fear, in sadness, in in her own shame, then it's just more proof that you're unlovable. Yep. And so you you continue to strive to get love and you think that getting love is somehow making them happy enough right to then validate you as a man. And and that's not what real love is. You're still consuming your partners. You're yep. still using her um, for, for your t- for your own definition internally of who you are, which is not love. It's no. selfish. So, so if you're in that selfish, place, ignorant, selfish, yes, 
but I would argue that out of out of um, a very real place of, of ignorance because most of the time, like I had no idea, had no <laughs> idea. It was ignorant, but it was selfish. Yes, yeah, using ignorance as an excuse. It 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 is it, it's it's true though, Kobe. What you're saying is you don't realize you're doing it. Yes. You just automatically go to this place of, okay, I messed up. I got to make it right. And how I make it right is I make them happy. And when they're happy, then I'm happy and I'm good enough and, and the world's right. Yeah. Um, so, so let's, let's kind of turn the corner here a little bit. Okay. So, um, once you realize that that's not love, yep. um, once you realize that you don't get your self-worth from your partner, that you are a being unto yourself yep. and you get to that interdependent place, then you can start actually caring about them and start learning about them and their process and what they're going through. And this is why this is so critical for, uh, in terms of the process of recovery is because when an addict starts to turn that corner, what it's showing is that they know who they are and that they can tolerate their, their partner's pain mm -hmm. and that they can connect to them in a very healthy way. Yes. And, and that's where love starts to get felt. Connection starts to, get, starts to happen. Yeah. Um, so you're not taking it personally, how they're responding and they're reacting. You're not shame screening all over the place. And you can stop and they can be who they are and yeah. you can validate them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the thing that comes to mind is, is once I was able to get out of the fog of shame because of what I had done, yes, then I could see clearly enough to hear the truth that was behind this the, the, kind of this definition, this bare bones definition for me um, of what betrayal trauma was. Yes. Right? The same symptoms as post-traumatic stress disorder, right? Anger, sadness, depression, uh, loss of appetite, mood swings, uh, losing weight, gaining weight. There's a range of things. And, and in, in the blink of an eye, that, that partner can be transported back to the moment where they discovered well, it's, it's it like our review where she, her son lied to her, so it yes. brought back all this stuff about her husband. Yes, and yes. and it's just like, wait, they just time, they just time traveled to the past, and and all of a sudden they're reliving this in the future, which would be the same thing as as a uh, a veteran of the military coming home from combat, and on New Year's Eve hearing fireworks, and all of a sudden he might be. In, uh, in, in Times Square celebrating with buddies, but when he hears the fireworks, he's back in combat. Exactly. He's not present. Moreover, his body is physiologically responding in such a way that he's like shutting down and is not there. Listen, and listen I just want to stop for a second, Kobe, and just notice with the audience what's happening. So Kobe, a recovering addict, is actually... Um, what he's saying is there is good reason why you feel what you feel when you've experienced betrayal, right? 100%. And you're not crazy. And these symptoms like PTSD um, and living in that fear, it's, it's normal and it happens. And, and, you know, when it's your spouse, Kobe, when it's Ashlyn, yeah. she's saying, why'd you do this or why'd you do that? And she's triggered into her betrayal. It's a lot harder to take that step back and say, it's okay that you're reacting this way. There's good reason why you're in a lot of fear. Sure. Right? Sure. Um, and and, and that's, a, that's a really tricky part that we'll touch on. But that's a real tricky part, right? Where we can say a war veteran is dealing with repercussions that took place 
in this far off land, another continent that really the partner was not any, any, in any way responsible for. So now we're, we're but, but now the situation is, is when Ashland's triggered, the, the thing that is equal parts challenging is, is being for me for Ashland when she's in trauma, right? Yes. Is to be prepared ahead of time, but also present enough yes. in the moment to realize this is how trauma is manifesting for my partner. You, you won't be present if you're in your emotional mind. Yeah. So oh, to- when you're like managing 100%. your shame, you're present. You're absolutely right, Kobe. You're prepared and you can stay present with her even when she's in her emotional mind. Yeah. And right? chances are, I mean, I don't, I, whether, whether this is a, whether, ch- chances are that um, if there's been any existing relationship um, with betrayal and addiction, that there's already this neural pathway, this this partner Fight or dance, flight. where when one person is triggered, when when the betrayed is triggered, then the partner just shrinks into shame, or they they gaslight, they freak out, they go into turntables, any number of ways when they're in shame. Yes, and and no matter what it is, we're not judging that right or wrong. That just is. They're not present, and they're not able to leverage tools right. that can help that partner move through their process yes. of of recognizing what's going on. Yes. And the the one of the best analogies that I can come up with on this is to in in, in that moment that, that really helped me is Ashlyn had her she had um um L five S one fused. This is her back. <laughs> Cause I, I was like totally ignorant to all this. But um three years ago she had her back fused, right? And so she was in the hospital and I stayed overnight, two nights in the hospital with her in the really incredibly comfortable recliners that they have oh, in each room. Oh, I bet, man. You slept I mean, good. It's like, I wanted to like just take that home because it was so amazing. <laughs> again, again, it's like our episode last week. I don't feel sorry for you. She just had surgery <laughs> totally, on her back. Totally, right? <laughs> and, and, um, and she's like, go home. Like, I'm okay. Go home. And I'm like, I'm not going anywhere because this is just like... This is almost, it's not, it was a token. Like it was a, it was a way for me to say, I'm not going anywhere because I know that you're hurt. Right. And and in some ways it was like me making up for all of the years that I wasn't there by her side when she was triggered in trauma. And, um, I would just walk away because, or I would back up or I would shrink and just shut down because I was so deep into shame. So if your partner is in trauma Think of think of your partner as though they are in the hospital. They can't care for themselves. You can't care for them. Yes. But the only thing you can do is be by their side and say, I'm here for you. That's excellent, Kobe. And if you can visually do that, then it becomes easier to recognize what's actually happening in the moment so you can step out of the fog of your own shame and be there to support them. Let's just take a step back for a second and just like, like for a second, like really look at what happens. Okay. So, so for over a decade now, day in and day out, I do these intakes and I hear stories uh, of, of marriage being broken apart by sex addiction. Yeah. And you know, what happens is this innocent couple, they get married They're you know, they're, they're going to have a white picket fence and kids and everyone, everything's going to be happy. Right. Yeah. But there's this dark secret. There's this addiction underneath. And 
and the, this guy is just struggling inside, just hurting in, in shame and knowing he's failing his spouse and his children and, and hiding from it. And the shame is building and building and building, right? Well, um, all of a sudden, he's had enough and it comes out or he gets busted and it all comes out. So he's now wallowing in his shame and, and not knowing who he is. Okay, but on the other side of things, here she is. Um, she has what's called multidimensional trauma. So um, it's not like a normal traumatic event like a car accident. When she finds out about this addiction, um, she, there's trauma on many levels. There's trauma um, in terms of her security and her well-being because she might, who knows what the future is going to hold now. Um, there's trauma, there's gender wounds, wondering if she's woman enough and, and what's wrong with her. Mm. There's sexual wounds, wondering, you know, when we've had sex in the past, where has his mind been? When we have sex now, what happens? The, the, the difference between betrayal trauma and just a traumatic event is she's still in it. Yeah. And she's there and she's trying to piece it together and make sense of it and move forward, but she's still in it. And, and while she's in it, she's trying to heal so that she can be a, a, a wife and a, a mother. Um, in the meantime, he's like, oh my gosh, I really need to start my, my recovery here. I'm, you know, and he's having a really hard time dealing with all of the emotion and all of the energy coming from her. Yeah. And when you get both these things going on at the same time, it's really difficult. Um, the, the relationship gets very difficult. And this is why it's so helpful for, for both partners to understand and to try to have some compassion for the other side to come to come to it and say okay what are you really going through what is this like for you um and i I love that story of of you in the hospital with ashlyn because like i was talking to a woman today and she said i'm finally starting to to see some compassion Mm -hmm. for, for my husband and and that's a hard thing to do. Oh my gosh! Betrayed. So incredibly yeah. difficult. And but but it's helpful for her to have compassion for him, mm-hmm. and it's ha- very very important and helpful for him to have compassion for her and yeah. understanding and to stop and say, "I get it. We're in pain. We're in different pain. We're in different fear." Um, but I'm gonna have enough strength to just stop and allow you to have some some feelings here. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So. You know, it's a, this is one, this is really such a complicated, um, road to navigate. And the truth is because it is complicated and because it is so emotionally charged in order to effectively move through this, in order to effectively heal. Now, remember I, I use the word through to describe what has to happen in order to get to the second word, which is, which is heal. Yes. You have to go through this in order to heal. And that demands, that demands that both of you, no matter if you're the betrayed or you are the betrayer, it demands that you do it time and time and time again to practice this. That sucks. That's a harsh reality. But, it demands that you demands guys have. failure. It demands failure. Yeah. yeah, it demands getting better. It demands improving. So, 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 okay. Time and time again, consistency. 
I was running a, a group last week, and uh, there's like 15 couples in there or something. Yeah. And I said something to this effect. I said, uh, it was toward the end of the group. I said, look, this isn't a relationship issue. And you could imagine the, the response that I got. Like, what are you talking about? They're all in pain in their relationship because they're going through this stuff, right? And, and what I try to explain is the relationship is a reflector of all the pain. The relationship is, is this thing that you can, you can see the mess through. But the relationship itself is not the problem. Um, the, and, and both partner, partners on their side have their stuff to, to heal and to work through. And so when you can do your own individual work and you show up healthy and strong to that relationship, then you have the bandwidth, you have the fortitude and just the, just the strength in order to really show up for that other person. So yes, practice, be consistent, fail, but also do your own individual work yeah. so that you can show up for them and understand their betrayal trauma and understand their pain. Yeah, and, and when we talk about practice, it's like, guys, I promise you, <laughs> life is the ultimate schoolmaster. And uh, <laughs> so you'll be presented with plenty um, and, and more opportunities than you would ever like to, uh, to put these things to work. But I, but I promise you this, for those of you who are struggling um, as, as the addict, no matter if, you know, man or woman, if you're, uh, you know, to, to, if you're indulgent, uh, meaning if you don't have an addiction to porn or if you have multiple addictions to alcohol, drugs, whatever the case is, the, the, you, you must, trust me, I've, I've tried this, but you must learn you must understand what the dynamics of betrayal trauma does to your partner. And if you can understand that, then you will understand that this isn't just them being unreasonable. This is, a, this is an actual response. This is a physiological fight or flight mode response to what's taken place. Yes. And if you, can, if you can wrap your head around that, then you can see them in a different way and that provides a path for you out of the the fog of your own shame where you can actually be there and i guess that would be my biggest piece of advice to those of you who are listening is the education of th that you both do independently like just like you said you both have to do your own work but the more that you the more work you do the better equipped you can be at understanding and then responding leveraging tools um, and, and the like in order to really adequately be there, effectively be there for your partner. Quick little pointer going along with what Kobe just said is, is see their pain, not their response. So don't, don't see their attacks in their, uh, now be boundaried around, you know, if they're throwing things at you and swearing at you and all those things. But, but I'm talking about with your heart, see their pain. Um, see their suffering, see their struggle. Yeah. And if you can do that, um, then you can you can put yourself to the side for a minute and help them de-escalate and help them process and help them heal ultimately. Yeah. Last message to those of you who are the betrayed. And um, sometimes you spend time in that hospital bed, and sometimes those are just those are moments, and sometimes those are. Those seem like never-ending situations where you can't get out of the bed, the hospital bed. You can't get out of the trauma. Just know that there is hope 
There's hope for you to work through this. There are tools you can learn to get through this. It's possible for your partner to gain the tools themselves to help be there for you, like for them to be there for you, that they can learn. And um, it's, I mean, there's science enough to know what you're going through and, um, and it is possible for you to change, to heal, to feel better, to not be, to not listen to that song on the radio and instantly be triggered. You don't have to be held captive by those things. Um, Brennan, thoughts? Um, no, I agree. I see it every day and um, see real life examples of people who have healed from betrayal trauma. And um, it's awesome because on the other end of it is strength and wisdom and just just y- your eyes get open to a whole new world that's yeah. really awesome. So um, one thing I wanted to say before we finish up, next week uh, hopefully we are we have a guest set up and we're going to talk about divorce. So um, it should be pretty good. I'm excited. It'll be a so. good episode for yeah. sure. Guys, thanks for being here with us. Appreciate you. Again, if you haven't yet, hop over, leave a review, rate us. Uh, that would be awesome. And don't forget to check us out over on Instagram. And YouTube. And YouTube. And uh, Instagram, it's at recovery underscore coaches. And YouTube, just search for the Betrayed the Addicted and Expert. Okay, see thanks, you guys. guys. Peace out.